Um, do you guys record in mono or stereo? I record in mono. Mono. Yeah, I think that's what everybody should be recording in, right? Yeah, just easier to easier to work with as a file. <laughs> that's how I go through my life. Just mono, baby. You have mono for your whole life? Whole life. That's lifelong really illness, rough, baby. Dude. Yeah, well, it's a kissing <laughs> disease, Kyle. I'm sorry, but I've been kissing. All right? <laughs> that tattoo on your fingers, which just one says mono, and the other one says life, and then you have that four on your forehead. Yeah. And I just I hold up my fist next to my forehead. Right. It says mono for life. I wanted to get nucleosis on the other knuckle, but the <laughs> tattoo artist told me that he could not do that. The tattoo artist told me he now has mono. <laughs> well, I kissed him. I kiss everybody. That's how I pay for things. COVID has been a problem. <laughs> oh, you guys, I've missed bantering with you. Yeah, this is what I missed most. Was the banter? No. <laughs> or talking about your mono. No, here's what here's what's great. I wrote I wrote up this episode outline and Jake made like one change to it and he was like, Hey, mention the game that I won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We played a game and then he That's what it said. <laughs> it says, Remember the game we played, and then you listed all the factions and you won with your favorite faction. And you're like, That's gotta get in there. Second well, thing that- we talk about. <laughs> Here's the context of the script, which is, what have we been doing in our time off? And I said to myself, hmm, well, what root-related things could we mention? Why not the game we just played, Sam? But no, you're right. Let's talk about your illnesses. Uh, Like, you're right, someone won. Spoiler alert, it was me. But that's not why I wanted to mention it. I want to mention it because this is a root podcast. Jake, I don't think you should have to hide your celebration of your victory because it was a good victory. So here's what I thought about this victory. When I play against you, Kyle, specifically, you are so good at reading the board state and uh, making informed decisions. And I admire that about you in, in most games I play with you, but definitely in Root. And I feel like all the things you do when I watch you take your turn, I'm always like, God, that's so good. Oh, that's so that's so optimal. And I feel like pretty consistently, not every game we play, but the vast majority of the games, you're playing very optimally on your turn in a way that I am so wonderfully jealous of you. Conversely, in that game, especially for the first like three turns, uh, my bureaucracy was a disaster. Uh, I think I paid the price for failure in my second turn, which really hurt. And so... Not that I don't deserve to, like, come back or make tactical choices or, like, not that I'm going to give up on the game or anything, but I was just like, I feel the fact that I won, I was not nearly as deserved considering how well you were doing on every single turn. But that's the nature of Root, right? It's like, there's too much, there's too many other things going on for that to be a constant. That's true. Well, it, it, here's the thing, though. With Root, there there is this kind of um, the tallest grass or the tall poppy syndrome, right? That, yeah. that thing mm-hmm. of like, if you are doing well, then he- your head's going to roll. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, whereas on the opposite side of that, if you get knocked down really early in the game, then that's your reputation for the game is like, 
oh, like, we don't absolutely have to, like, super focus hard on the moles. They got bopped on turn two, and they just never recovered. Mm-hmm. That was the kind of working theory, except for the fact that you had the whole rest of the game to build up ahead of steam. I also was leading in points early on, despite me having such a blundered start, you know? Like, that blunder of a start, still I managed to sway some things, or I managed to knock out some uh, building of somebody else or something, There's right? a lesson here. You kept up in the points race... But your engine was kind of dismantled really early. But you yes. you spent your turns. Yeah. I thought you played pretty optimally. Like you did a great job of rebuilding that engine and getting it to the point where we could no longer stop you. I think that's the key thing too. Is right. Like Jake got bopped early, and then the moles have a slow roll, so he didn't mm-hmm. look scary until mm-hmm. it was too late. Mm-hmm. Kind of right. Yeah. Well, I mean, the uh, our fourth player, Justin, a good friend of the pod, uh, was playing Lord of the Hundreds too, and so this is an interesting situation where, and we'll talk about this in a second. But Lord of the Hundreds and Badgers have now finally been somewhat released in their final form, so we got to play them for the quote unquote first time in their most recent iteration. And his play was like a wild card for all of us because he took a clearing that we had designated as was it the Lost City. Oh, yeah, we were playing with the Lost City landmark, which makes uh, a clearing count as all suits for all purposes. Best landmark. <laughs> my favorite oh, landmark. Oh, my gosh. A- every turn, we're like, wait, this is crazy. And then I was watching another stream of people playing with Lost City. And what it means for the crows is they always get an extra crow when they recruit. Because oh. it always matches the card. Oh, I like that. We got to do a whole thing. We got to do a whole episode on landmarks. They <laughs> oh, are landmarks. awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to play with more of them. In particular, you, Kyle, really benefited that because you were lizards and adjacent to it. So pretty much it was one of the few times lizards could be like, I can affect this no matter what's going on with the outcasts. Yes, the conspiracies always were in play in the Lost City. Uh, also recruiting a dude. Always could happen in the Lost City. Yeah. Um, ambushes, doesn't matter what color ambush you have, it's going to yeah. happen in the Lost City. Like, it, Yeah, it was the nexus of the map. It was awesome. You recruiting there kind of stifled the Lord of the Hundreds because the Lord of the Hundreds needs to rule there, like, by themselves, right? They don't. They need to have no opposing pieces for some of their things to chain up. Yeah, for yeah, a press to score, they need to have clearings by themselves. But in the corner was that little robed little reptile just staring with one eye slightly askew. <laughs> the lizards and the Lord of the Hundreds is going to be a, fasc- a fascinating faction interaction to kind of unpack because just like you said, Jake, like the lizards can just pop up anywhere and kind of make it a problem for Lord of the Hundreds. Lord of the Hundreds can battle them no problem, but then you're giving the lizards acolytes Mm -hmm. which i think would have been less of a big deal if we weren't playing with lost city and the lord of the hundreds like setting up in lost city yeah um but yeah very interesting way those two factions interact because also those raised tokens right the the lord of the hundreds just puts a little fire in a lizard clearing and unless lizards have the outcast set up that whole garden they're just burning to the ground (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is crazy like they're the they're the most vulnerable to a raise i would think right like just because they might not be able to handle what's in that uh clearing as you said because the outcast yeah 100 percent. oh it is so akin to lizards woodland alliance uh that kind of just like they're both stabbing each other yeah. And yeah. like ruining each other's game. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Root is so brutal, you guys. It's the best game ever. Uh, speaking of, we all, Kyle and I played it on Weird Root, BotBot stream on Thursday. 
Uh, and we played against Matt and Hunter from Space Cats Peace Turtles in this Ooh. weird uh, thing called Double Entente. <laughs> so this was like a 2v2 situation? Yeah, yeah. And Kyle and I were the Woodland Alliance and the River Folk Company. Oh, and we the exploited the hell out of that combo. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that was an intense. That was an intense game. We we just like figured out the way that those work together really quick. Which is, uh, well, I set all my prices to four, and <laughs> Kyle bought every turn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then no. I I used my actions to either check the other players or just walk around in sympathy, giving him free supporters. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. that was yeah, it was free gross. supporters from your market. <laughs> oh, that's very good. Yeah. Oh man. Um, but yes, so root content continues to uh, explode and, and be made uh, out in the world, even though we've been on hiatus for a couple of months. I'm so glad that we're back for season two. Uh, yeah. It's going to be bigger and better than season one. Can't wait. I- I, I really feel uh, there's going to be a big ramp up with the release of Marauders coming early next year. It's like, we'll get into the Root news here, but there's a lot of content being made around Root, and the game is just getting richer and richer, and now we're going to have a whole bunch of new content flowing into the game uh, with this new expansion. So, a lot to look forward to in the Root world. Yeah, it just made our job so easy this this season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so much easier. So let's talk about it a little bit, guys. It's season two. We're mm. back. All right. <laughs> so what what is on the docket? Because we covered the factions. So what are we going to do? What possibly what could talk we talk even about? talk about? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's basically nothing left. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we definitely want to talk. I mean, the faction guides, we cover so much in them, right? But it's they, actually In helpful. retrospect. They should have been two episodes, and I apologize to everybody about that. <laughs> That's kind of Wait, on me for writing big guides. What are you guides. apologizing for? I think they should have been two episodes. The faction guides probably should have been two episodes each, uh, and we crammed them into one like hour and forty-five minute episode that Jake had to edit. So it's okay. People can pause. Like it's not like they have to sit there for a live show. <laughs> yeah, I mostly respectfully disagree in the words of Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Also, yeah, we're about to pitch, like, what were the awesome stuff in season two, and you interrupted to apologize for season one. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. You guys, we really messed up. We're going to do better. <laughs> uh, well, we I thought we covered so much in those fashion guides, yet when we talked about it, it's kind of an interesting thing to have a whole episode about countering such a faction playing from the other side of the table of the thing that we're talking about right exploring mm-hmm. the factions is like shining a bright light on like one component of root like one piece of the puzzle and shining that bright of a light it casts a shadow and we have to explore that shadow which is how do you dismantle each of these factions like wh- how, what ways do you attack their engine like what are the weak points in their armor that you can exploit mm-hmm. as a player. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very useful to kind of like flip the perspective around a little bit because in a real game of root, you're spending, you know, 25% of your brain power understanding your own engine, but you're spending 75% of your brain power trying to figure out how to break down your opponents and like where their weaknesses are, what their objectives are, how to kind of deal with that. Here's the thing though. I, I really think it's about board vision. This is my, Going to be my catchphrase in season two is board vision. Ooh. All right. I was all about board states 
in season one. I think Board Vision. Now you've matured into Board is Vision. The mm-hmm. kind of like yeah, Pokemon step two of evolution of, of that. Concept. <laughs> this is your War Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> war Turtle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, but I I think you're right. I think like we're season one. We were like shining that light on the factions, and it was like a new hope. Like this is the shadowy side. This is Empire Strikes Back. Season two is going to get dark. And scary, <laughs> uh, but we're gonna in, lose somebody. We're gonna <laughs> one character gonna will die. <laughs> yeah, that's our promise for season two: is one of the characters will die. The best way to dismantle the birds is to just like wrap a big cable around their legs until they fall over <laughs> sideways. It turns out, is that from your bird book? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> words for birds yeah all right so yeah so in season two we want to cover uh the countering faction guides we're gonna have hopefully a couple like live event episodes perhaps some live episodes we do we were talking about like uh, one of the most requested things we got from people on the discord was a maps episode because we didn't cover the maps in season one they obviously deserve their own episode each map is such a rich environment to fight to the death in <laughs> now before the apologies roll in i want to say we did cover each map in the faction guides in the context of that but i i agree we should do a full map right too. yeah we we got kind of glimpses of how the factions play on each map but i think it's now time to like make them the main feature you know th- again this is the terrain that we're going to be playing on um i mean uh, to take an adjacent example in something like a game like starcraft like the map actually has a huge effect on the types of strategies that players use and the kind of builds that they go for. And I think the same is true in Root. Uh, and I just think there's a lot to explore there. I'm very Love excited. That. Yeah. But uh, l- like Kyle said, he's he's talking about board vision. And the reason we didn't have a maps episode, because it, it's very hard to describe the clearings, especially when they don't have names. Uh, it's like that top left one <laughs> connected to the other ones you know what i mean there's a river no it's not on the river but it's next to the river uh yeah so we're thinking like maybe we do like a live episode that's like streamed with visuals for people that want to go check that out that's a that's a pie in the sky dream for me oh i i think i think that pie is attainable i also think that part of that stream should be us probably laying down names for each clearing in each map i i've asked leader games on several occasions to include a sticker pack that were with just like little little signs so that you could name your own clearings oh you know? i think so that, sam yeah i think that third be fun. party business opportunity uh, it's true but I, I mean i want well i want the whole community to call the clearings by the same names though <laughs> yeah unfortunately yeah. well that's why we established it on the live stream yeah, that's true. Yeah. You're right. You're right. We'll definitively name with everybody in the community. We will name all the clearings. I think this is a great idea. <laughs> there you go. Uh, obviously, we're going to be talking the Marauder preview. Yeah. Because that is coming up. We're going to be doing as much coverage on that as we can. So yes. about that, because the two faction guides, we want to be well informed before we like stake our claim in things, right? So... How are we going to establish something early and talk about something relevant without doing the faction guide too quick? I think we're going to take some time to study up. I'm going to be playing exclusively games on Tabletop Simulator that include the rats and the badgers just until I have a decent enough understanding of what an opening for them looks like. You know, <laughs> I think I finally got what they do 
and how they work, but not <laughs> Comically, enough to recommend any path. Yeah. You yeah. did a great job in our game because you were in striking distance, I believe, on what would have been your turn during the last round. But like, I remember almost every one of your first five turns, you're like, okay, I'm going to encamp. Oh, no, I'm going to decamp. Oh. I'll do both. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love the Badgers. I thought I wasn't going to like them. I I think the earlier versions of them kind of turned me off. But this final version is so fun and brain burning. Um, It feels like the birds to me in a way Mm -hmm. uh, and the lizards. I don't know how to describe like it does feel like a hybrid of a couple of my favorite factions. I like that they're kind of underdogs. So yeah, I, I'm I'm really excited for for playing more Badgers and in the Lord of the Hundreds is obviously going to change the game so completely. The most aggressive faction to date. I'm so, obsessed with the Lord of the Hundreds. I think yeah. there is there are some like really gnarly tactics and things to explore with Lord of the Hundreds that because sometimes Root can feel like a very planted game. Like everyone has their mm-hmm. little section and then like the fighting starts like halfway through a game. Whereas I feel like when Lord of the Hundreds is in the game, all of that just gets flipped upside down and it becomes very sharp very quickly and you have to really be trying to assess like how well you can defend your, your yeah. stuff against those terrible rats. My armchair analysis on on the Lord without actually having played them more than one of the early beta versions is that like I feel their their web of possibilities is the most expansive, right? Like Compared to any other faction, I feel that their timeline could branch in the most directions, mainly because of the acquisition of items based on what they get, but also like the moods. Yeah. Every turn you get a different special ability. Right. It's pretty wild. The moods are a whole thing. I'm so excited to do a guide on the moods. Yeah. Like, whereas like the moles, I used to feel that way, but like they have an order of operations in terms of when they can even start unlocking those and what's even possible. Yes. The Lord of the Hunters has to choose something, a mood to be in, gets to. And yeah, well, and it's interesting. They have to choose a different one. So you can't just keep doing the same one. You can do it every other turn, I suppose. But once you get that item, that takes away that uh, mood which is very interesting as well what i'd love to do for the marauder stuff is when it like comes out or whenever we want to really talk about it when the rules are solidified we do a somewhat less informed but good analysis of what we think these two new factions will bring to the meta of root and then after we've had enough time solid faction guides for both yeah yeah i agree one more thing i want to say about the designs of those two factions is i think that they were very well designed in that they get out on the board and disrupt things. Like Kyle was saying, Root kind of felt a little planted. Like the moles are a faction that can do a lot, or they could just turtle up, and that's a pretty good strategy for them. But it felt like the birds, which I think is probably the best designed faction in Root, where it's like it makes you go out and attack people or take land from people, uh, in a way that I feel like keeps the game so much richer. So I think the game is going to be even better once these factions are released. Agreed. Yeah. Fighting games. That's what it's all about. I- yeah. I'm very excited. <laughs> uh, well, should we head into... No, you want to do more? Oh, I, do- I was just going to say we're going to have interviews and uh, tournament coverage. That's right. The winter tournament approaches. Yeah, I guess this is Root News. Jake, take us to Root News. 
All right, let's get ready for some root news. Root news. Root news. <laughs> this just in. Uh, like we've been alluding to, the final boards for the Lord of the Hundreds and the Keepers in Iron are in the TTS mod. I will say, little caveat, one of the moods for the Lord of the Hundreds is different, but if you do enough sleuthing, uh, it's the grandiose one, and you can find the final grandiose card and kind of input that in TTS. Also, if you go on to the Woodland Warriors Discord and ask for help, I'm sure somebody would be happy to help you put that in there so that you do have the final versions of these factions. And I have to say, I just want to be the first to say, new grandiose is fantastic. Yeah. Very cool. Just going to leave that as a mystery for you guys to go out there and solve because yeah. <laughs> get engaged. All right. We're in season two. Let's do yeah. it. Uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm so happy that we get to play with this. I don't know any other game where you get to play with the expansion content for free before it comes out. I mean, it's wild. It's wild. <laughs> Birds are wild. Birds are wild. Uh, also, as Kyle alluded to, the winter tournament. The announcement of the winter tournament was leaked by Cole Worley in a design design diary chat that they had on their Twitch. <laughs> uh, community and a member and friend of the show, Garrick Samples, is looks to be heading up the winter tournament. He's been the one dropping the winter is coming meme, and he ran the winter tournament last year. Uh, when reached for comment, Garrick Sample... No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> we could ask him, because I, I have a comment. Yeah, don't you? Yeah, you asked him yeah. about it, right? Yeah, I did. When asked for comment, Garrick Samples replied, Announcement is probably happening during the next developer stream, which is currently scheduled for next Tuesday. I'm planning to keep signups open for a few weeks, unless it gets crazy, and then I feel the need to close it sooner. Assuming no craziness, I'd aim for early November. I just, uh, that design diary uh, stream was today, and I saw it, and I did not see a, an announcement of the winter tournament. So. All right, so we have it on record. He lied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if Cole Worley didn't leak it, we certainly are now. <laughs> hey, friends, future Jake here. A few days after we recorded this episode, the winter tournament was indeed announced by Garrick. I've added a link to the signups in the description of this episode. Please, if you're interested in Root, go sign up. It's free, and it's a great chance to join the community. Special thanks to Garrick for organizing the tournament, and sorry we called you a liar. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for that. Sam, uh, you and I are entering the winter tournament, so we will be competing. Um, yeah. But also, look out for uh, Sam and I to be casting a few of the games. I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about that. As part of our continued like research into uh, root interactions and kind of following the progression of the meta as it currently exists, we are going to be just staying like nose to the grindstone about all these root games that are played at the very highest level. Very excited yeah. for the winter tournament. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to cover the games and watch all the games because this is where we're going to learn a lot about these new factions. Everyone has listened to season one of Woodland War Machine and now is putting all these uh, this information into practice. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone we'll has listened. We actually just topped 7 billion downloads. So yeah. another 2 billion and we will hit everyone on earth. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> babies that were just born. Um, Smash people... that like button. <laughs> yeah. Pregnant women put the headphones over your belly so we can get a head start on this. But uh, download it again. Cause that's what we're looking at. We're looking at individual downloads. Mm, so. Oh no. <laughs> All of our parents, when they kept re downloading it. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really 7 billion. 
another thing that was talked about in the Leader Games Design Diary stream was ARCS, the new game from Leader Games. This is the space game that they've been working on, and it has a title now and some concept art, and it looks fun. You guys, Kyle Farron's space bug drawing is so good. I asked three times in the chat, is that a playable character? No one got back to me, but <laughs> I really want to be one of those space bugs. They look so awesome. It's like a praying mantis, you know, like um, like that guy from Space Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that you're like the anchor on the news show reporting from the White House. I did ask the press secretary a number of very important questions. I received no response and was ignored. <laughs> they could not be reached for comment. This has been Root News. <laughs> Wait, we know nothing about this game other than it has sick art. It's space-based and Cole designed it, right? There's, uh, I know that there's like action following in the game. Um, I think there was a trick-taking action selection thing at one point. I don't know if that has stuck around or not. Computer, define action following. Yes, Jake. Action following, like in the games Twilight Imperium or Fort, where one person takes a main action and other people can follow that action and receive a lesser benefit. Ooh, thank you, computer. Thank you, computer. Yeah, yeah very sharp re- reply there, computer. Yeah. Weird voice. I hope you're uh, not the character that dies this season. Oh, no, not Jake's computer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, should we get into the meat of the episode, guys? Yeah. Uh, so we've got a topic for this week, and it it was the topic that we had to cover first, because as soon as season one ended, our Discord channel, which is on the Good Time Society Discord under the Woodland War Machine channel, please join. Link in description. Uh, we went crazy with asynchronous play on root digital yeah wow while kyle and i were doing our theater thing in new york city we were also (laughs) playing about 17 games of root at a time (laughs) this is how i was able to to kind of keep my brain on root while i couldn't keep my brain on root and it's so fascinating so for those who you don't know Asynchronous play is a is a setting in Root Digital where you take your turn and there's no time limit. Well, I guess there's a three day time limit, mm-hmm. um, but you have a, a more than enough time to take your turn, and then it gets to somebody else's turn, and you don't all have to be at the table at the same time. So this allows people with busier schedules that can't devote three hours or an hour and a half to sitting down and playing on TTS or in real life, or even just a live game on digital to uh, play together. Not to mention it uh, helps with the time zone issues that many players around the world might have. Uh, a lot of our uh, friends are actually over in uh, different continents on this planet, so that helps a lot. You guys played uh, like a, a dozen to two dozen games at a time, huh? No, I was exaggerating. My my max, I think, was seven at a time. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, got a, I got up to nine at one point, and that was too much for me. <laughs> it yeah. was. I, I learned what my limit was. Yeah. Because... You start to forget what's going on. And I was resistant to asynchronous play. When we covered Root Digital in season one, I think I was pretty like, this isn't Root. Root (laughs) is like a game where you can whine a bunch and get your way, and that's how you play the game. (laughs) 
I mean, that is root, but that is root. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we found a way in async play to still have this happen, but we'll, we'll get into it. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say you weren't alone in being a snob about digital. The the community was kind of uh, turned their nose towards it, and I think as we will discuss with the pros and cons of this, uh, what we loved so much about the tabletop experience of root isn't as easily created in digital. But that being said, there are so many great things about it that it's definitely worth not only talking about, but if you haven't tried it yet, you should go explore it. If you really are a fan of root uh it doesn't hurt you to try this uh people were talking on the discord and i feel this way too is when you when it's finally your turn you get your little alert that it's your turn in root digital you you and then you see everybody's turn happen and then you're left with what feels like a waterman one to one puzzle right <laughs> kyle it feels like that's that's honestly what it is like i see it and i'm like oh what do i do in this board state to help me myself out the most like it was like a snapshot of what's going on and what should i do so it, it's fun it's not as fluid of a game experience but it's like a series of root puzzles that takes you from the beginning all the way to the end game it's been actually really fun to go from making those puzzles to just having to do them like as part of the game with other people it's fantastic but yeah because it's it's a you're in an isolated decision space when you're approaching an asynchronous turn, you have this luxury of snooping around everyone's boards, you know, their player boards. You can see what, like, cards the lizards revealed last turn. You can check out, you know, what cards the Marquise has crafted. Um, There's a lot of information gathering that you can do to get kind of pumped for your turn. And I actually really love the top-down, you know, it's your turn, take up to three days and decide what it is you're going to do. Because I feel like there's a freedom in uh, having that kind of like isolated viewpoint in that moment. In a live game of Root, there's a lot of social dynamics going on that can really affect the like level of concentration you could put into calculating out different kind of effects that your decisions would have. And playing on asynchronous, it's like you can go as deep or as shallow as you want with that kind of thing. Um, and I find it personally like really fun to, especially when it gets a few turns into a game, really sit down and work out like what everyone's motives are, what their ideas are, what they're like trying to sneak by me, what, you know, everyone's weaknesses, everyone's strengths and really assess what is the best play here. That's super satisfying to me. Yeah, of course. I mean, as I mentioned about you, <laughs> you're so good at optimizing your turn. And that's one of the best parts about this is you have so much preparation time and you can actually even kind of take most of your turn and then undo it if you want to like see how it plays out. Whereas like when a real live game, that's annoying (laughs) when people undo their turn. (laughs) I mean, we all allow each other to do it because we're kind and we're friends, but like it's also like, all right, let's figure it out. But in this, it's allowed. It is allowed, though. Have you guys noticed when you watch back somebody's turn, you see all their undos anyway? Absolutely, yeah. They should well, never. That's it's hilarious. Like, oh, I moved ten warriors into this clearing, and then you see all ten move back to their original clearing. Who it's was like, it on our oh. Discord that was talking about this? That's so funny. So Someone you get had to a different idea the... there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, I build a sawmill instead. It's like, hmm. That is the <laughs> okay. downside to it is that it lets you, it gives you a receipt of all of your failures there. The thing it is, it reveals though, what you're, what you wanted to do on yeah. the turn sometimes, mm-hmm. which I actually find a little bit fascinating because yeah. sometimes people kind of overestimate their 
um, attacking chances, and then you see them move all their warriors and then kind of <laughs> make a U-turn when they realize, like, uh, maybe <laughs> maybe this is too ambitious. Interestingly, though, as you mentioned earlier, is that you're playing sometimes multiple games, so when it becomes too much, it's because you can't always remember what precisely your plan was, right? So, Kyle, you're really great at, like, looking at all of the things that are available on the board in terms of information and your opponent's boards, right? But if the last time you took this turn was 36 hours ago, you're like, what was I planning on doing? Because that's kind of important, too, is like you're you're a little bit of your agenda going into things, right? Totally. It's it is important to, like, have that plan and kind of commit to it. But the nice thing about async also is that you don't get locked into that kind of that um, you don't you don't put those blinders on where you're just like I'm sticking to the plan like no matter what happens this is my idea it actually lets you like have a full night's sleep wake up <laughs> and like take a fresh look at this position and see if there's something new in it that you missed before or that somebody made a surprising move and then now your original plan like there's maybe an even better idea kind of waiting there oh um, it's it's nerve wracking to know that like okay i can take as much time as i want so i better get this right you know i can't blame it on the <laughs> nerves of the moment you know i have as much time as i want yeah so let's go into you guys the pros and cons of asynchronous play yeah all right i'll start off with a pro here you're never not playing root we said <laughs> Uh, in our digital episode, there's no excuse to not play root, and asynchronous play just brings that up to 11. You can you could do it anytime, like you said, Jake. Different time zones yeah. doesn't matter your busyness of your schedule. If you got five minutes, you can take your turn every yeah, three roughly days. every 24 to 36 hours is Christmas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> human beings are always in two states: either playing root or not playing root. <laughs> this allows you to always be in one such state. Yeah, there's some kind of like quantum entanglement thing here, but for four people who are playing the same asynchronous root game. <laughs> As we all have known, not only through the pandemic, but also even pre-pandemic and post, getting people together at a table is difficult. Yeah. Um, sometimes even if that table is digital. So the fact that the time thing goes away is... I think the most attractive pro in all of these lists. And again, for those of you that are hesitant about digital or just feel like you you prefer the, the, the physical board game, that's totally fine. You're very much entitled to your opinion, but you should come to that opinion in an informed way and you need to at least try this. Even if it's something in the background, it's not something you have to like sit down for three hours for. It's something you only have to check in on every once in a while. So. As much as Sam and Kyle love to always be playing Root, if you're hesitant about having to make that time, this allows you to do that on your own time. Yeah, and if you get too bored while you're, like, brushing your teeth and you just need to play Root, like, you can. It's great. Yeah, if your focus can't last through brushing your teeth, get on mobile. Fact. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Another thing I, I, I really love about uh, the asynchronous play, and this is Root Digital in general, is that the rules are perfect-ish, right? Uh, provided <laughs> there's not some weird glitch. <laughs> um, the rules are perfect. And the, my favorite part is not letting you forget about your crafted improvements, right? Like, how many times does that little icon come up in the corner of like, hey, do you want to use better yeah. Burrow Bank? And you're like, oh, right. Yes, of course. Whereas physical board game, you can just go and just totally miss using that forget all the time you're like oh saboteurs was 
All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. The the fact that you are a little bit on guided course a bit. Uh, there's you know there's bumpers for the rules on digital is very helpful. Yeah, that's gonna open things up to a whole new audience of of root players too. People that. I've seen them on the internet. God bless them. They can't get the rules straight. And and I understand. There's too many rules in Root. I get it. It's impossible. We have devoted ourselves to this game, and we could barely play it correctly, right? <laughs> so I get it. I think that the digital adaptation helps people understand the rules. And yes. it, it's so nice to have people be like, wait, why can't I go to that clearing? Why can't I spread sympathy there? And it's like, well, because there's the keep there. Right. I, I mean, I have played this game a stupid amount of times, and I still sometimes I'm like, all right, I'm going to try to move here. And you guys are both like, you don't rule in either of those clearings. I was like, that's like such a fundamental process of this game <laughs> yeah. that like I, I don't play as quite as often as you two to like see that constantly. And so I need to be reminded. And the game reminding me is always a helpful rep. Like, it's really good to just have that remind me it's like oh yeah my options are a little bit more limited i need to remember them when placing those uh i'm gonna give everyone a preview of the countering faction guides and my number one rule for countering any faction is know the rules you would be surprised how good that can be for your game is being like actually you can't do that yeah (laughs) making sure you catch people's mistakes and that they are not cheating on you is the way to go and by cheating, we also mean unintentionally cheating, too. But also, yeah. We also mean being unfaithful. Well, yeah, but that's another conversation you need to have. <laughs> Again, I've been kissing everybody. Guys, I've been playing a lot of chess recently, so... Um, sorry, Root. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Kyle's been cheating on Root with chess. Yeah. Oh, this is this is another... Uh, this maybe belongs in the first section, but I just got a, a job as a full-time chess teacher at that's an elementary right. school. Which um, really feels like the the right outcome for the last like year and a half of my life spent mm-hmm. <laughs> understanding board games at a way too deep level. <laughs> this is so cool. Will you tell them what you have to do to qualify for this gig? Because I just I'm so happy for you that you got this and that it's going to be something that you will spend your days on and therefore not only get really good at but also make more content around. Um, yeah. So I'm uh, I'm working at a charter school as a chess teacher full-time it's like a part of the curriculum scholars they call them scholars have like a couple of chess classes each week they're like 45 minutes or you just learn some stuff about chess um school i'm at is kindergarten through fourth grade it's k to four and so everyone's really tiny and they know nothing about chess which is great because i don't i'm not like the best chess player in the world i'm pretty good but, but you feel you know, confident you could beat them up. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely take they're them. They're very tiny. Uh, they're very <laughs> tiny. But I'm just excited. I, I want to get kids excited about chess. And then the kind of like follow-up to that is when we're like learning chess and, and talking about board games, I'm like, well, you know, there are other board games in the world. If you guys like chess, then, you know, maybe you might like this other game that I really like called Root. <laughs> and that's when I would bring out like the, like, you know, take a tablecloth off a table and it's just like all set up there all and the it's... pieces go flying everywhere <laughs> <laughs> but yes yeah, so this is uh, my, my big plan is I want to write an email to leader games and be like hey teaching at a school I, I want to introduce children to Root 
Uh, but in order to do that, I will need a physical copy of Root. <laughs> yeah, just an update for everyone in between season one and season two. Kyle still does not have a physical copy of Root. Kyle also has resolved to ask Leader Games to donate one to the place he works, but not to him personally. So even if this email succeeds, he still won't have a copy. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I was saying to Sam, this is like the longest con to get a free copy of Root has <laughs> ever been. It's the through line of the show. Like, you can't get one. Otherwise, we have to stop doing the podcast. You know, it'll be like once Jim and Pam got together, it's like, what are we doing anymore? You know? Maybe this could be one of our live events is like me unboxing the copy of Ruth that Leader eventually pity sends me. I can't wait. That was one of the most suggested episode ideas for season two was Kyle unboxing his own physical copy of Ruth. <laughs> oh, I'd love it. But anyway, opening Root up to a new audience, that's the kind of thesis of this whole segment. Right. Um, That is something that async Root is actually great at. There's been, I've seen a lot of coverage on Root from uh, different YouTube creators like Table Knots and Foster the Meeple. And they all are playing Root a ton, but they're playing it digitally and asynchronously. But it, it, and it's great because it's like, yeah, they are playing Root. It's not like a lesser version of the game. I, I mean, there is a fuller version of the game, but it's not a lesser version. Does that make sense? Definitely. Yes. <laughs> I think. Yeah. It's not worse. It's different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, let's keep talking about some of the differences here. One of the things we talked about that's a big pro is like how much time you can take on your turn. You can take up to three days. You can take. You can make sure you to make the perfect move. And the best part of that is other people you're not zapping their energy while you just sit and figure it out. Yeah. A hundred percent. Cause sometimes in a live game of root, it can be quite, um, I don't know, just it's a little uncomfortable to like wait for your turn to happen while everyone else is like really crunching through like the perfect sequence of moves. Like it, I, I can get a little antsy. I think everyone's a little susceptible to this. Um, like you, you want everyone to play to the best of their ability and all that. But sometimes if you have to wait, super long for your turn to come back around so you can do something like yeah i i get impatient <laughs> yeah but that's never an issue with async root because anytime you're interacting with it it's almost always your turn or your t- turn to do something yeah i will say there are some games that i was playing that i'm like oh i'm doing really good in this game like when is my turn going to come up again you know <laughs> Uh, and you're waiting and I, you know it, it is a bummer when somebody times out after three days um, and the game state definitely changes as a result oh, when yeah. there's a bot, you know? Um, and so I guess that'll lead us into the cons that sometimes the notifications on, is it your turn are just a little messed up. How many times have you turned on the app and it's like, it's your turn and you look and it's like, no, I'm playing seven games and in none of them, is it my turn? Does it, does the <laughs> yeah. app have notifications or an email system that it sends you or? Uh, I get I get like little push notifications on my phone. Okay, well, for the for the mobile app for the mobile app, yeah. <laughs> What'd you say, Kyle? I said I get a little paper airplane through my window each morning. It's, <laughs> it's very weird. Some poor guy at Direwolf Digital has to run those out to New York City. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, it is, it is definitely janky, and it kind of works the opposite way sometimes as well, where you don't get the notification that it's your turn, and then you time out. Yep, that's happened to me a couple of times, and Same. I always feel really bad because I'm like, I just made somebody wait three full days to like make any progress in this root game. Yeah, 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 that is brutal. Well, hopefully that'll get ironed out as time goes too. Yeah, 
the biggest con for me, though, is the incompleteness of the current uh, Direwolf Digital uh, root thing going on. Because there's not uh, the ENP deck. Um, we don't have the mountain or the lake map. Um, we obviously don't have the Marauders, but we also don't have the Underworld expansion yet. Um, so th- there's quite a number of... Uh, oh, and with that, the the last three Vagabond classes as well. So oh, right. We're, we're missing a good amount of content in Root Digital, the, the platform currently. Um, so that is a con. Yeah, it is. <laughs> You're never playing in a game without favor cards. Okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's brutal. Um, it's nice to play with the Exiles and Partisans deck and know that your stuff is not going to be nuked. Um, yeah. I, I agree. Nice, not- clean game of root. All right, everyone. <laughs> and and with each expansion, Cole has talked about this. Cole Worley, the designer of root, has talked about this when designing root. That when adding the factions in, it kind of multiplies the amount of work that he has to do, and thus it multiplies the amount of like combinations and possibilities in the game. And I feel like for us, when Underworld came out, we we were all just like, how uh, this game is complete now. You know, it felt like it rounded out so much of the game. And now that we've been sitting with Underworld for a while, now I'm like, oh, now Marauders is going to complete the game. Like this, these designs are really going to fill in the gaps. So it's it's weird for Root Digital to be like almost like two steps behind at this point, where I'm already focused on Marauders. They don't even have Underworld yet. I mean, I can't imagine that they're not going to add it. Uh, I think Root has been pretty successful for Direwolf Digital, so I, I imagine they're going to update these things as fast as they can, and I bet it is a pain to implement uh, new factions and new cards, especially. This game would be particularly hard to code, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so many things. You can't you can't just code away an army deploys because you have to do it every time with a new faction. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk about the biggest difference between asynchronous root and, and normal root. And that is the, the limited chat feature. Yes. The, the social element is a hundred percent like, yeah, just unrecognizably different. Yeah. We've been playing with lots of people from our discord, like we said, and, uh, PJ darker, uh, said an async memory. I'll never forget is when Kyle posted a detailed battle strategy for a critical moment for all three of the other players in the game that he was currently in, myself included. Can't do that in real life. Well, maybe Kyle could. (laughs) And that's true. I feel like Kyle will sit there in chat and do the whole plan. He's like, this is what needs to go down. Um, and he's very, he's, he's trying to convince people uh, of all these things. And honestly, when I'm playing asynchronous route, I'll go so many turns without looking at the chat. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm just like, I'm here playing my game. Uh, let me know, you know, um, but I, I mean, there's, uh, I think it was, uh, Marcus, uh, Marcus, the cat also said, in my opinion, asynchronous route allows you to do more conspiratorial plays than live. He says that I've had that he's had multiple long sidebar conversations on Discord with players like Opie's Funeral and Squidmark to ensure a charismatic eerie or a tinker oh. vagabond was properly dealt with. Diabolical coalition plays are much easier to engineer as well. Now that does that's true, provided that you have an outside communication method with the other players, which is not included in Root Digital. 
correct. That's true. That's true. But I do think that that's probably how most people are playing Root Digital asynchronously. Is like, oh, I have this group of friends. We can't really get together all at the same time. So we've kind of got these games rolling. And once one ends, another one begins kind of a thing. If you lack those friends, join the Good Time Society Discord and the Woodland War Machine channel where you'll find some of us. Yes, we would love to welcome you into the community to play some async games. They're happening all the time. time. They're being organized constantly. That being said, one of the pros, I would say, is you actually can just go on the app and open your own game and random people will just join it and you'll, you'll just get a game and, you know... There's less accountability than when there's you know you have a means to communicate, but still it can be kind of fun. What do you guys think about Marcus's thing though? Like, do you think that async because you have three days that you could literally you know write a letter to Kyle and fold yeah. it into a paper airplane and send it to him? Do you think it's more diabolical? I think it's cooler in some ways. Like it's, I mean, I would rather play in person over three hours, but I love this aspect of it that Marcus has mentioned because. Yeah, it, it it involves writing a letter to the other leader. Be like, you need to move your armies north and I will join you. <laughs> it will take down the lizard garden. It reminds me of uh, two things. It reminds me of the game Diplomacy a little mm-hmm. bit, where yeah. a large part of that game takes place in the kind of like meetings and sidebars that happen before the action even commences. Uh, and also reminds me of... Uh, Twilight Imperium when <laughs> I feel like we always love to do this in, in our game Sam when uh, something will happen and someone's like uh, I, I'd like to have a private conversation uh, over here <laughs> just like go <laughs> to a different room or outside yeah. or something to have like a personal conversation it feels a lot like that which I think is hilarious and it's actually one of the things you can't do at the table very I mean you can do it you can pull people aside for conversations but like as Marcus mentioned you are allowed almost any length provided you don't time out so right. when you're at a table for three hours if you're taking up people's time to go have a 10 minute back and forth with the moles player that's a, that's not a very polite thing to do but this I think that's like more. it's not illegal to do that in any way no, order, no. right like there's nothing no, that prevents thing. a player from requesting that kind of thing yeah it just doesn't feel like that's part of the um it's not courteous to do that i guess in right. a game of root or it's just not part of the meta i, I agree it's <laughs> like, not courteous also whatever you're trying to convince them of if you didn't do it in five minutes is the next five really gonna convince them like that's let's a fair get going. point yeah i i agree one of the memories I have when I, when I was in New York City and Kyle and I were playing with our original other two root players, Josh and Juliana, we all learned the game together and we were playing root again after all these years. And now Kyle and I have a root podcast. They don't uh, and we were, <laughs> suck it. All right. Um, they were <laughs> we we're all playing root. And this moment was happening where Kyle and I were arguing uh, which often happens when we play together uh, about what our friend Juliana should do. You know, should she attack me? Should she attack Kyle? And we we're really giving it to her. And then that's when Josh was like, Juliana, can I talk to you? And they went into another room for 10 minutes and uh, they came up with a plan. And sure enough, Juliana did win that game. And I think Josh takes partial credit of like making sure she was making the right move at the right time and not letting us poison her. Jules, look, these two have a podcast, okay? We don't. I so, think that was yeah. the, the gist of the conversation, and as part, it should have been. Yeah. Or it was, Jules, we also need to start a podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, uh, I think another big con with Rude Digital 
is the fact that when you attack somebody and it's like, so-and-so's considering options. It's like, they got an ambush. They have an ambush. Right. Th- this is a prompt that only triggers if someone has ambush in hand because it's one of the only reaction cards in the game. Is right. what you're saying, right? And it's like, if you were to have everyone consider options every time they got attacked to somehow like disguise right. the presence of an ambush, that would slow it down to an unreasonable yeah, degree because async is dependent upon a response therefore you would almost double the length you wouldn't double the length of the turns but you, anytime there was a battle you'd have to resolve that and sometimes people have multiple battles in turns right yeah which is which is exactly why having like an auto ambush type setting would be super unsatisfactory mm-hmm. in a game like root where you could to protect yourself set up some kind of dummy attack to like yeah. absorb that ambush and then attack some more critical whereas a real player would like obviously wait until the critical attack to use it Um, i mean my favorite part of a root game is when you march your guys into the clearing you pick up the dice and you say i'm gonna battle you here is there any ambush and then jake pretends to look at his cards and says "Mm, not that i want to play at the moment (laughs) all right and then you roll the dice and that you just don't get that in digital It says waiting for options, and it totally takes away the surprise. Now, some people argue that ambushes are actually better when it's known publicly that you have them. That it's more of a, 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 a you know... It's a detriment that they can see, so they're calculating that yeah. ahead of time. Yeah, it's definitely... It's like a deterrent to attack you if the, you know you're going to be ambushed. Yeah. The lizards... Uh, use this type of thing and the river folk as well where like they have a public hand in a lot of ways yeah and so they'll be showing off this ambush and just be like yeah come at me you know (laughs) you don't want to don't try it here's here's what i'll say about the ambush thing in root digital if you like are really getting crunchy about it 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 does slightly change with the advantage uh, or the swinginess that an ambush could have uh especially if you're playing as a faction like the birds and you're fulfilling your decree you can easily easily set up some kind of dummy attack to fish out whether they have an ambush in that suit yep that they want to play and then once you've determined yes or no then make your decision about that so you can arrange your attacks in such a way as to kind of optimize your knowledge about that so in that sense like that's actually not too different from a real life game except that you can have specific confirmed knowledge yeah um, about the presence of an ambush Whereas in a real life game, your opponent could bluff. Uh, right. Yeah. Really effectively, too. And convincingly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very convincing. Very right. convincingly. <laughs> um, <laughs> also, my last big con here is that Root Digital still has a max of four players, which with the Riverfolk expansion, it went up to six. Again, this podcast does not recommend six, but at least five players can happen, I think, with the right faction mix. Yes. Again, I think this might be one of those like coding headache kind sure. of situations yeah but then i don't know i kind of see root as a four-player game yeah it might be nice to stretch it to six but i mean think about it in a three-day async game having six people yeah that'd take a thousand years yeah it'd take one turn every month yeah i agree that i prefer root at four i would want to only play in a tournament probably where root was played at the four-player count but five is the next best player count for me rather than three players uh granted i think the faction mix has to be considered for five players um six players probably needs its own map i was seeing someone in the discord uh throwing around their 16 clearing map 
that looks really interesting. Mm. Yes. Um, so I think some of that stuff could be on the horizon. I think like that was initially brought up in the ideas for the Marauder expansion too, was they were thinking about having like modular clearings that you could add on for higher player count games or something. Because I think downtime, yes, that's always going to be a problem with six players, but uh, you know, table space is where it feels like the game wasn't meant for this. You know, six snappy players on a 16 clearing map, I, I'd play. I'd play. Yeah. All right. So just a couple mixed things here that about Root Digital and the async is seeing the replay of everybody's turn is like can be a little tedious, especially with all the undos. But the fact that you don't get to see how the... Oh, wait. I actually have a quote here. This is from Nebuchadnezzar. Shouts to Nebuchadnezzar. There's pros and cons uh, to the game replaying every turn taken since your last action. But it's weird that it doesn't do it to show you how the game ended. Agreed. Oh, so, when the game ends, you, it just shuts to the score. It screen. says your game has resolved, and then you see the 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 final score, oh, and you know how like people are like knocked out because they're lost. You can read in the chat what what happened in the log. That's been a recent addition, which is nice. But um, you do kind of want to see them win. I don't know. Yeah, on our Discord, what has ended up yeah. happening is someone will post a screen cap of the final scores and then kind of just detail what the last turn was because nobody else has like a good grasp Context of what happened. It, yeah. Yeah. And it, it, so that's become part of the GG is like just filling everyone else. Hey in y'all, this how is how lost. I did it. <laughs> the winner screen caps and does, yeah, a, a brief rundown of how the game went. I remember when there was probably like two or three of those being posted every day on the Discord. Yeah, yeah. You know, we now have a sub thread for that kind of thing. Very cool. Thanks, Discord. Um, I have another uh, mixed, uh, mixed bag thing here, and this one is this is a I think a truly mixed one. But that's um, the fact that because it's always you can always play root that also means that you can play root when it's very late and you've had too much to drink and you oh. just want to play like some root on your phone or whatever so you've been having an amazing game you've set yourself up you're in a great position and then it's like 1 15 in the morning and you like open up the app and you're just like let's do it you know and you just have like a sloppy turn because you're like it's too late at night i'm so glad you brought this up i feel like that's that's really what got to me after a while of async where I just like make a bad move and I'm like, oh, whatever, you know, <laughs> I get so frustrated with the fact I didn't take my time to do it. And I had three days, but I'm still like I'm doing it while I'm like hanging out at a bar. I'm like, hold on, I'm just going to knock out this notification real quick of that. It's my turn. And then it takes like forever to see the turns. And I'm just like, OK, all right, uh, add a bird card to the decree, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like terrible move, you know? <laughs> Kyle and I were just doing a musical and we often were out after the shows and drank some. And I feel like that's when I would make my worst root moves. <laughs> this was a note I didn't see coming. But as soon as Kyle started saying it, the look of regret and sadness on Sam's face that instantly appeared. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I, I really resonated with the fact that it's like, oh, it's like really late at night or like I'm just trying to squeeze. I'm never not rooting. Right. right. So I'm just going to like do this real quick. But it's like sometimes it's good to take some time. Yeah. Sit down and focus on your route. You know, yeah. so there are parental controls on most phones now. So you could shut down <laughs> access to an app after a certain hour if you'd like. Okay. And that could yeah, really that's... help your willpower. Yeah, I think that might be good for me. <laughs> 
<laughs> I I found that actually just limiting the number of active async games I have running simultaneously to around three yeah. mm-hmm. is usually the best solution for that kind of thing because that way I can keep them all straight in my yeah. mind. Oh, um, and it, I, more than that. It I mean, we all crazy. know the faction randomizer is a little busted on digital, yeah. right? And I remember when I had seven games, I had four bird games and three vagabond games going at the same time, <laughs> and it was just impossible for me to keep those straight. What is you know? the what's the issue with it? Does it consistently put you what you were last time? Uh, yeah, I just find it's very streaky. I Got end it. up being the same one over and over again. Then it'll switch, and then I'm that one. I like played like four cats games in a row, and yeah, oh, interesting, it's weird. Yeah, although true randomness is basically impossible for the human mind to grasp. So, <laughs> what did I just get burned? <laughs> Was that it? It could me? just be truly it's random. Just, he's just Damn, saying that know. your perceptions are an illusion. <laughs> I'm. Just, uh, bro, I'll show you the games, all right? I never am the Woodland Alliance, and that's fine by me. But He's like, just saying humans are pattern-seeking creatures, and you are deluding yourself. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't um, make me bring Jake's computer into this, all right? We're going to oh, square no. off. Oh, no, computer! She's dead! <laughs> no! It happened already, already in the first episode? It's the first episode. Oh, God, no. this is oh, Game no. of Thrones. <laughs> oh, no. All right, guys, Uh, I want to talk about how the game is impacted by async, not just from a player perspective, but like, do you think there are factions that are made better by the kind of like limitations of asynchronous play or factions that are worse as a result? I mean, does the Vagabond, how does the Vagabond do comparatively? This is what I'm really curious about. I think the Vagabond has an unfair advantage in asynchronous route. Tell us. Whenever the Vagabond is attacked, they have to choose items to damage so that is an extra cost of time (laughs) for everyone involved if the vagabond gets attacked yep unless it's turn one and it's an undefended tinker right in which case a high roll will mean that all items just automatically get damaged but come on not by not by nature of the rules of the game but more the aspect of playing asynchronous is that you don't want more of a headache yes yeah you don't want time tax (laughs) that you get from attacking the vagabond and while that's a very necessary part of the game you know you got to keep the that little rascal in check it is very costly to do so both in terms of points that you know lost you could have been attacking other things uh but just time lost you know you you start this attack in the middle of your turn and then you come back like two days later and you're like oh right i battled here like what was the what was my next move because this is the part where it's like your middle of your turn gets interrupted and you have to try and like remember re-remember what it is you were trying to do right that makes sense i i was curious because i feel like the lack of uh communication or i guess the reduction in communication from the chat would lead me to believe that less people can point to the vagabond as the common enemy throughout the game as we normally do in most uh in-person slash tabletop games right very under the radar in async Mm -hmm. yeah and i mean yeah everyone knows the vagabond's got to be dealt with but usually like if i'm if i'm playing a game of root and it is and i'm going to be the one that hits the vagabond i'm like well i want something Yes. I want you guys to take it easy on me. I want this clearing, or I want some breathing room, yeah. or whatever. You make it demands. Is. 
I do. <laughs> yeah. I know. Uh, Kyle will check the vagabond and then go, you all owe me. <laughs> he just kind of like puts it afterwards where I'm, I won't do it until I get a promise from everybody. You can hear his future disappointment in that betrayal, right? So when he says, you all owe me, you know that he's going to come back with you at that when you attack him. You're like, oh, yeah. He's like, I hit the vagabond for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> I gave you Absolutely. a gift. Yeah. I think the birds, too, in a similar way, because the birds sometimes take multiple players organizing together to turmoil them, that a bird with a really strong decree is going to be hard to uh, communicate with and, and take down. This is a really good point. This is a really good point, because anything that requires coordination and timing uh, is going to be <laughs> more difficult on async route unless you're playing on our discord and and, and Marcus the ability is... <laughs> to communicate yeah uh, what about uh, what cards in the in the uh, base deck do you guys think are made better by async or or made worse by async I saw someone on our discord point out um, that uh, code breakers is notably worse on async because your turn can be interrupted and you can look at somebody's hand and then not be able to access it again for for many days or something like that. Yes, um, very much. So I, I can understand like the card Codebreakers, which is already not a great card, being a little worse in asynchronous sure, play. Sure, sure. Um, I think ambushes are made a little bit worse yep. in async play. Um, I think a card like Tax Collector is actually slightly better on Root Digital just generally because when you click the little icon, it draws a little circle around all of the valid targets. And you just have this very clear board vision of what you can select. And I find that very helpful for like, it opens up some options that I maybe didn't consider before. And that in an async game is actually wonderful because you have the time to plan out like which of these guys can I take off the, the map and still be okay mm-hmm. by the end of my turn because I can kind of think about what that looks like. Yeah. Um, so yeah, tax collector I think is slightly improved in async play mm-hmm. um, just because you have that luxury of time to kind of plot out your turn and like figure out the moves. Um yeah, I also I, I also think like better burrow bank or anything with a bird song activation. For some reason, those are the ones you forget. You know, it's like you're like excited. Oh, it's finally my turn after multiple days. Like I'm gonna get into it. I want to put this in the decree or whatever. And you forget to uh, use all your cards in bird song. Whereas on uh, this is root digital in general gives you that little uh, helpful little icon. It's easier yeah, to forget in async. I think that's why totally. I wanted to note it. Yeah. I feel like uh maybe Marine Broker 2 is something that like not everybody's always paying attention to the crafts of other people's as much as they are to what's yeah, on the That's board. a good point. And once once EMP is in Root Digital, I feel like that card is going to get oh, right. so it's an strong. EMP card. Oh man. Oh right. I also can't wait to get like saboteurs on Root Digital. That'd be amazing. <laughs> uh well, and of course ra- like Bunny dominance is stronger in root, like <laughs> by probably double. I think I would say. Mark off your bingo cards. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still so much more satisfying to win in person. I think. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe dominance cards are slightly improved because, as we said, active coordination is very difficult in async root. I I agree that dominance cards are actually much improved in async. Mm-hmm. I think you're right, mm-hmm. Kyle. So if you are at all sitting on the fence about dominance because you listened to our episode about dominance <laughs> in which we t- tried to dissuade you actively, 
If you're playing an asynchronous game, maybe think again. Try it. Give it a shot. Yeah. And rabbits always better. Okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, I I said that. Are there any play styles that asynchronous root promotes more than uh, IRL or TTS? Any kind of like racing strategy that yeah. is not very that doesn't like butt heads with other players can squeak under the radar in, in asynchronous a little more than in a live game. Mm-hmm. Um, also, strategies that focus on building an engine not necessarily points, can have a huge advantage in Async. I, that's why I think the Woodland Alliance is still winning more games than they probably should, is just because they, like, start slow and then they grow really fast. And so players kind of lose track of, you know, which clearings are vulnerable to sympathy and, you know, where they should... Really, they should be keeping martial law and not overextend, and they just kind of go for it anyway. Um, I've seen a lot of Async games, like, kind of get swallowed up by the Woodland Alliance mm-hmm. uh, because people kind of lost the thread of that threat. Yeah. It's always helpful to have somebody being like, now, hold on. If you do it like this, then you'll have martial law there. It's like, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> honestly, I love when people put their input in on my turns. I love considering what they have to say. And, you know, you don't get that in async, obviously. Do you think the lizards are, because the lizards don't tend to be that confrontational, would this apply to them in the same kind of way? I kind of thought it they'd be worse in async. I don't know why I wrote that down, but you're right, Kyle. It is. It does feel like going under the radar and racing is good. And lizards, I guess, want to do that. They want everyone else to not race because they'll probably lose a dead right. sprint. But a strategy that tries to slow the game down. I, usually that does rely on having the luxury of being able to calculate a lot. So in, in some ways, I think async would lend itself to that. Like as a Lizards player, you can take the time to be like, okay, how do I prevent someone from scoring like one additional point this turn so that I have a chance to like make that up in a later turn or something like that? Yeah, I, I think a lot of it depends. But in, in general, the play style of keep your head down, build your points, try not to get you know, trying not to like start a blood feud with another player it definitely seems to have uh, a little bit of an advantage. Well, there's a psychological component to async too, which is that whatever was important uh, four days ago might not be important <laughs> now, even though it yeah. was only two turns ago, right? right? So you have to readjust your focus every time you open the app. And yeah. I mean, I think one one point to what you're both saying is also just a, a root digital thing, which I think we might have mentioned in the season one episode, which is like the physical rendering of what you see on the board, right? One mm-hmm. little sympathy token is kind of lost on the board compared to two gardens and a stack of warriors. Now, they stack warriors when you're at the full most view to just one icon with a number on it. But that's much more intimidating than m- most of anything the alliance presents in the first three quarters of the game. And visually, also, you get cued more to other threats. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, when it's just a number on uh, a little, like, meeple, it's very different right. than seeing all six of those meeples together. And that's digital-oriented, but then when you put it in a async context and you keep returning to the same picture and keep seeing the massive birds everywhere or the, the cat buildings in all locations, you have to keep reminding yourself about the other factions, mm-hmm. too. And that's not an easy yeah. thing to do. Yeah, the good night sleep effect. <laughs> Here's what I will say, though, too. Um, as we kind of, like, move into our, like, sum up here. Playing Async Root, I, here's my hot take. 
it is more in line with the birdsong daylight and evening phases of each player board than in a real life uh, live game of Root. Uh, what do you mean? What do you mean by this? I'm meaning that like on your turn, you can open up your app in the morning oh my God. and it's your bird song. <laughs> you can spend your day thinking about what it is you're going to do. And then you can let it get way too late at night and make a bunch of rash decisions. And then all just right, put it to we bed. are we are larping our next async game. All right, you're only allowed to take birdsong actions in the morning. So, like cats player, you just open up the app and you get some wood, and then you just put it down. Okay, and then you go to daylight. It'll save your thing mid turn, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's let's wrap her up, guys. A, a, a thing of async, which I think was definitely what this community uh, that we've built here at Good Time Society on the Woodland War Machine channel has been super into during the break, and so it felt like the right episode to come back with. I'm going to say that uh, Nitro Rev's quote here, a big upside to async is the convenience for people in strange time zones or without free time in popular hours. And you have basically have zero downtime uh, if you are comfortable with waiting two to three days sometimes for your turn again. <laughs> Which is true. And sometimes you are annoyed. They're like, oh, I'm on a roll. Like, give me my turn, you know? Um, especially when you're hitting the vagabond. That can be especially frustrating. But I think it it's just so nice that that's an option. Be thankful like, with what you have. People used to play chess by mail. Still do play chess by mail, but used to have to. Right. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, and it, it and it's just like this is a very niche game, and there are not many board games with digital adaptations, and especially this good of a digital adaptation. I mean, I love Spirit Island. Spirit Island's app is still single player. Oh really? I think it's been out longer than the Root app. It's just like <laughs> it bothers me so much. But like we have such a great digital implementation, and having an asynchronous option opens the door to so many people, and just lets people that we're going to play in real life anyway just get that extra games and those extra reps of, of finding those strategies and yeah we all know that there's part of the game that's missing but sometimes you want that part of the game just kind of out of it for a second so you can focus on the x's and o's of the game a hundred percent i think async is such a great opportunity to sit back and let your creative brain kind of like chew on a position for a little bit and kind of come up with you know there's like the the obvious kind of candidate moves and then there's maybe some less obvious things that you could do and it's it's always fun to discover those and i think async gives players the freedom to find and maybe you follow some of those um paths less trodden <laughs> it's the opportunity for growth too because we're only getting so many of these games in but this opens that door so you can explore more games in your week yeah, and actually, I'd love to... This is a, a call to all the people in our Discord who are playing lots and lots of async games. I would love to see uh, more, like, map analyses pop up on our Discord. So if at any point you are in a, the middle of a root turn and you just want to take a screenshot and then in whatever, like, drawing app on your phone or computer, just, like, draw a bunch of little arrows and then, like, write a little caption about what you're talking about, what you're thinking about... I'd love to see more of that stuff. Did pop you just up make an art contest for our podcast? <laughs> I guess so. Okay. But it's like a football strategy art contest. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the game states I saw that was so gross was it was on the winter map. Okay. And this is, I'm, I'm going to do the thing. 
uh, where I'm trying to describe a map right now. He's but using his the, hands, the, folks, the, just so you know. The, so one of his hands is about shoulder height, and another <laughs> another hand is above his shoulder. They're both kind of spread out just beyond his arm. Go ahead. So the the scoundrel had um, torch. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> the, the scoundrel right, one hand had looks torch. like he's just plugging five holes in a tiny dike. <laughs> So the scoundrel had torched the top left winter map clearing, right? We're all familiar with the the northern strip, right? Yeah, yeah. Your left or my left? When you're looking at the maps left, all right, uh, they uh, torched that clearing, and then all the other three clearings on the northern strip were bunny clearings, and then the lizards had gardens in them, and 23 warriors in the only clearing that oh. had access to those and had done rabbit dominance. Jake, <laughs> Jake, you got to give it up for rabbit dominance. And it was it was just the ugliest thing I'd seen. I'm like, even if everyone spent everything they could at that, there's no way they can win. Just everyone has to take a turn just appreciating what was done. That's a war that is crime. Amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. That's great. That's a war yeah. crime. Anyway. <laughs> show show us more of this stuff because I I find it endlessly delightful and it's it's always great to see uh, what kind of like creativity our listeners can put into this endless board game. All right, well let's thank the people that got us here. This is a lot of the async crew and just the Woodland War Machine crew in general. If you want to be thanked on an episode and contribute to episodes, go to the Good Time Society Discord. Find us on the Woodland War Machine channel. I want to give thanks to Bot Bot, SP Shaman, Champy the Boy, Nitro Rev, PJ Darker, Kasner three forty two, AA Ron. Shouts to Nevikineza, C Coyote, Squidmark Prince, and Marcus the Couch. Woo! Are you guys ready? <laughs> oh, I'm so re- I'm so happy to be oh, back. Oh, I'm just gonna stretch out here, get ready. Oh, here we are. Throw open my window. I've drilled a hole into my neighbor's apartment just for this. Here we go. Room, 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 room.